goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. Being good, doing good, standing up for what is good, all of these, but more goodness, an integrity, a wholeness of life. It's a quality and characteristic like all of this fruit of the Spirit that begins from within and grows outwards. It comes from our being changed by the Holy Spirit, changed in terms of our ambitions, our priorities, our aims, our appetites, our principles, and everything else. Jesus said, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Back in Luke chapter 6 at verse 43. So what he's saying there, that the good things come from within, the changes in our hearts and, and comes outwards, it grows outwards. And so being good is something that we're to be and to do, something to work at, but it is before that a work of God in our lives. And in our passage in Titus chapter 3, passage that Leslie read earlier on, the Apostle Paul makes that clear. It's the kindness of God that he provided a Savior for sinners, verse 4. And then, through the Holy Spirit, God works that life and love into our lives so that we renewed people, verse 6. You see, the gospel is not a few ideas to guide us. It's not um, a few instructions for us to follow. It's not a string of bits of good advice or insights. It's not some stirring message to inspire us. It has those factors. It has those characteristics. But more than all of that, and before all of that, the gospel is the gift of a Savior to save us, to deliver us from the mess that we were in, verse 3, at one time, we too, to deal with our sin, verse 5, to provide for us a whole new way of being and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, and to grant us, verse 7, eternal life. And the source of these things, the source of being rescued from the mess and our sin dealt with and having a new way of being and the, and the gift of eternal life. The source of it is in God's kindness towards us, isn't in God's love, verse 4. God's mercy, verse 5. God's grace, verse 7. And we have to be very, very, very clear about this. That goodness is not some innate characteristic that Christians maybe have more of than other people. You see, it's not a case that I am good and therefore I choose to be a Christian. Nor is it the case that God has recognized some kind of goodness in me and allowed me to be one of his followers. No, goodness is not something that I'm good at or have more of than anyone else. Goodness is, not, is both here in Titus and in the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Goodness is due to the active work, the active mercy of God in our lives. He gives new life. And one of the signs that we have received his gift of new life and of renewal is that good fruit is growing, as Jesus said back in Luke chapter 6. And so firstly, we must stress that goodness is not about what we can achieve by ourselves. So let's imagine you've got an invitation to a party. 
And your friend who's holding this party, well, he's really gone to town and, and doing the best of parties. He's rented this fantastic country retreat. It's a really outstanding place that he's got, and he's, and he's, he's thought of everything. He's got the best of chefs to lay on the most outstanding of food. He's organized all the transport to get everyone there. The wine is of the highest class. And there's a whole variety of musical entertainment in different tents and gazebos and in different rooms in the country house. You can, you can find whatever you like. He's prevented entertainers. There's jugglers. There's comedians. There's dancing and Kaylee music. And everything for everyone. And he's even going to give everyone a very thoughtful little present for coming. Well, as you're taking it all in and the hundreds of people there, you, you notice that well, there's some guests there that maybe you're a wee bit surprised by. You see, the guy who one time defaulted on huge debts that he owed your friend, how he declared himself bankrupt so that he wouldn't have to pay your friend. Well, he's there. And so too is his ex-wife who 40 years beforehand had left him for another man leaving him to bring up four children who at that point were all under school age. She's back. She's invited to it. And you see people who were a small gang at school and who, who used to mercilessly tease and taunt your friend because he'd rather large ears. You've seen some people who, who gave false testimony in court against him when he was facing fraud charges and hadn't committed any fraud at all. And you wonder why these people are there. Why have they been invited? Why, why are they included? He's gotten to such ex huge expense to make this the best of events. And along with all the others, there's these various guys who you know have hurt and wounded your, your friend. Well, that's the challenge of the gospel, really, and the challenge of the passage in Titus 3, because this is what God has done. He has chosen and called and invited those who are unworthy, those who have stabbed him in the back, those who have spat in his face, those who loudly decried him, those who walked by on the other side of the street and ignored him. Come, you sinners. We didn't deserve the invite either. We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, says Paul in verse 3. But God was kind to us, verse 4. He loved us, verse 4. And in his goodness gave us mercy, verse 5. So goodness is not something that we have created or won for ourselves. It too is the gift of God. But secondly, as well as it being the gift of God given us through the, the Holy Spirit whose fruit grows in us, goodness is also something that we have to grow, to nurture, and indeed to work at that we might show the world. God expects us to learn from and to follow his example, not just in our own strength, but with the leading and help of the Holy Spirit. So Christian living is not us keeping the rules, but the growth of the life of God in us, overflowing out of us 
We're back to Jesus' words in Luke 6, aren't we? Christians are not simply to keep a set of rules, but are to live by the very same grace that brought them into God's family in the first place. We're to be like the person throwing the party who was inviting and including those who he had reason not to invite and include. We are to be that kind of exceptionally generous, good people towards others. So we're to live that kind of merciful, gracious, and good way in our daily life. This is a trustworthy saying in verse 8. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and, and profitable for everyone. That is, we're to put the goodness into practice. We're to put into practice that kind of good living in order that God's way can be known and seen. We are called to live in such a way that people can look at us and say, ah, that's what Jesus was like. We are to live in such a way that people can look at our lives and see how our living fits in with the coming of Jesus. People should be able to look at us and say, I see where they get that from. That's what Jesus was like. Or if they do not know much about Christ and his ways, they would be able to say, how come these people live like that? It looks great, but where do they get it from? So that we might show the connections between living the way we do and the fantastic gospel of grace that Paul outlined and summarized in verses 3 to 7. This doing good, this goodness these good works is a key theme in the letter to Titus. Back in chapter 2, verse 14, Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Beginning of chapter 3, we're told to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, and to be ready to do whatever is good. Verse 8 in our reading, we are to devote ourselves to doing what is good. Similarly, verse 14 of chapter 3, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. Not being good so that we earn God's favor, but rather doing good so that we, so that we show the world this is who Jesus is. One of the things that the early church, the early Christians were known for, and, and one of the reasons that the Christian faith spread was because of that kind of goodness being shown to others. If people were ill, it was the Christians who would nurse them. If they were hungry, it was the Christians that got them food. If they were in prison, the Christians would visit them. Not just their own family, not just their own kind, but were doing that to all. Having been gripped by that generous love of God, themselves, they found it natural to help in those ways to be good. They receive the goodness, the goodness grows within, and it spreads out. When Peter was called to evangelize in the witness in the house of Cornelius, a Roman soldier, and the stories in Acts chapter 10, his description of Jesus of Nazareth and his ministry is Jesus went about doing good. 
And then he told his followers that was what they were to be like. The verse from Matthew 5 that we began our service, let, you, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And we're told here in Titus chapter 3 at verse 8 and again at verse 14 to devote ourselves to doing good. That is, it shouldn't just be something occasional for a Christian. It shouldn't be something now and again. Are we devoted to doing good for and doing good towards others? Not just when we feel like it. Not just when it's crossed our mind but to be devoted to it, focused on it, for that is the fruit of the Spirit, the life of God growing in our lives. And so in our service today, when we come to share in these gifts of bread and of wine, they focus on that goodness given to us, that finished work of Jesus who died for sinners. And they focus on that goodness of God being made open and available to us. But also as we take bread and wine, and as we take them within us, so it's a pledge that we want to, that we are ready to, that we are committed to growing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, growing more Christ-like, more of the life of Jesus from within but overflowing out so that our light indeed, as Jesus commanded, shines before others, not so that we get praised, but so that people may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.